no, we do not believe in Satan as an actual entity. Um, we view Satan as a symbol and a metaphor of freedom, of um, rebellion against arbitrary authority, against oppression, um, a symbol of having the freedom to live one's life as one sees fit and to do with one's body um, what you see fit. Hey, it's me, Chance, and thanks for listening to us discuss the Satanic Temple of Missouri with one of its members, Nevin Morrow. She's the co-chapter head of the Missouri chapter. Disclaimer, the views of Nevin Morrow are her own, and she does not speak on behalf of the Satanic Temple. Hey, do you know where you're going to find me this weekend? At the Western Black Lives Matter Antifa Summit. It's a counter-protest to the Western Conservative Summit at the Hyatt Regency at 650 15th Street in Denver. It's on Friday, June 18th at 7 p.m. and Saturday, June 19th at 1 p.m. So definitely a good cause. Let's try to get as many people out there as we can. Last week, we were included in an article titled The 20 Best Journalism Podcasts of 2021 by London-based Welp Magazine. So that's pretty rad. If you want to show us that you like what we're doing, all that we ask is that you rate and review us on iTunes and soon on Spotify. Visit punk-journalism.com where you can find all of our podcast episodes, blog, and a new bio page. And look for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. This is the chance with Ricky and Chris, and we're with Nevin Morrow of the Kansas City Legion of the Satanic Temple. What is your background like? How did you find yourself as part of the Satanic Temple, and when? So yes, I'm Nevin Morrow, and um, my journey to Satanism um, has been, like the Grateful Dead said, kind of a long, long, strange trip. Um, but my background is again kind of like a lot of people. I'm sure that can relate to it. I grew up in a very um, strict, uh, high-control religious sect. I would call it a cult. I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. And, um, you know, long about the time I, you know, entered into adolescence, teenage years, it just, you know, there were, I just could not reconcile the beliefs to reality around me. And, you know, so from my teenage years, I would say to early adulthood, I explored and dabbled in many different paths and faith. Um, I explored um, just, you know, I kind of dipped my toe into the Wiccan and witchcraft communities, um, into some of the other alternative um, religions, kind of looked at new age and nothing, of course, re- um, resonated with me. And I this in this also in the, at the time included Satanism, but at the time when I was searching, really the only game in town was uh, the Church of Satan, and um, I appreciated a lot of what the Church of Satan had to say, but oh, how should I put this? It was a very dude oriented. Okay. Was, was this in Kansas very... City? Huh? Was this in Kansas City as well? Um. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Go on. Oh, sorry. Um, but, you know, the Church of Satan, it was like, it, I found it, you know, as I said, I appreciated many things about it. Um, it was the closest of the other uh, paths that I had explored to, you know, resonating with me. But, you know, as I said, it was very dude-centric. I called it a sausage fest. And, <laughs> you know, ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to be more of a clam bake. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a clam bake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then I was involved with the, you know, the kind of the new atheist movement, as, you know, here in Kansas City, too. And then, yeah. you know, along comes uh, these, you know, these wild kids uh, calling themselves the Satanic Temple. Um, the first exposure that I had, I mean, it, not at the time they did it. This was a few months later, but I was reading an article about something they did called the Pink Mess. And some guy named Lucian Greve basically whipped it out and teabagged uh, Fred Phelps' mother's tombstone. Right, yeah. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And that was in the documentary, <laughs> Hail Satan, question mark. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. And um, that was kind of probably the first ever thing that uh, the Satanic Temple did that attracted any sort of attention. It certainly attracted mine. So um, really, I would say, let's see, what is it? It's 2021. <laughs> I've been um, a member of the Satanic Temple, I would say, like late 2017, 2018. Oh, okay. Um, Fairly recently. Now. What role do you play? Do you have any sort of like administrative role or, or are you just a member? Well, I mean, I'm, of course, I'm a member of the organization, but mm. here in Missouri, I am the co-chapter head of um, the Missouri chapter of the Satanic Temple. Um, we we were granted a chapter status by um, the organization. And so, yes, and I am the co-chapter head. Uh, the other chapter head has been on hiatus uh, for personal reasons. So it's pretty much been me. And then um, we have four legions in our state. We have the Kansas City Legion. We have the Mid-Missouri Legion. Um, we have a St. Louis Legion. And then we have the Springfield Ozarks Area Legion. Okay. And each of those legions have a commissioner and a vice commissioner. I see. Okay. Um, one thing I just want to get out of the way and then I'm going to pass it off to the other guys because I think that they're itching to ask some questions. I, I just want to address, do you, does the Satanic Temple believe in Satan as an actual deity or entity? No, we do not believe in Satan as an actual entity. Um, we view Satan as a symbol and a metaphor of freedom, of um rebellion against arbitrary authority against oppression um a symbol of having the freedom to live one's life as one sees fit and to do with one's body um what you see fit i see yeah and that's mm -hmm. pretty damn reasonable uh, yeah. so my fiance and i uh watched that documentary together mm -hmm. uh hail satan and absolutely loved it um I, I got out of a marriage a couple years ago, but uh, my whole life and my, my whole previous marriage uh, was built on uh, a very strong belief in uh, the Abrahamic God. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know and, I, and I poured my life, and we, we talked about this last week on another episode about uh, divorce, actually, and going through that divorce and, and kind of what my ex-wife's thoughts were with the whole she wanted me to be a godly man. And so I, so I grew up in that and I was a very strong believer. Um, and I went through the divorce and after, when I went through that divorce, um, that everybody in that church community turned their back on me, uh, because mm -hmm. I, I, uh, cheated on my wife. So I was an adulterer. So everybody turned their back on me in that, that community. And like, literally nobody reached out. And I was just at the lowest point in my life. I was actually homeless for a little bit. It was just 
this crazy spot and there's nobody there from the church is there to help me because I was a sinner. Um, and, and that kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. And I, and I was still in that lost area. I was trying to find God, right. Maybe pray like I was a sinner, like this is what I deserve, you know, and, and it, it evolved into me asking more questions and, and going down this path, um, of becoming an atheist, uh, which I, I dabbled with before, but, but going down this path and then watching that, I apologize. I, I kind of wanted to give some backstory to that, but going down that, that path and watching this documentary. And then my fiance is very like-minded, uh, and kind of escaping that. And she still has to kind of regularly, uh, almost, you know, daily, weekly, there are, there's that dogma and that indoctrination that's still ingrained into me. And I say something just not even thinking and she still has to like kind of check me on it like why are like why do you believe that and it's so it's one of those things um but the, but watching that documentary um and just what the satanic temple does and and lucian just is so intelligent anybody that watches that documentary i mean you come away from it like this is a very highly intellectual guy and he's going about about this the right way the 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 fighting the 10 commandments in oklahoma was unbelievable um, and, and there is a new campaign. Um, my fiance told me about it that the Satanic Temple is doing now in order to fight the abortion, the restrictive abortion rights, uh, uh, the, the restrictive abortion laws in Texas. Uh, the Satanic Temple has made abortion one of our um, religious. Uh, I, I, I'm, it's like a religious sacrament. Yeah, a, a religious sacrament. Thank you. Uh, so anybody now can become a part of the satanic temple, even if you don't have to believe in Satan, but just to protect your right to have an abortion. It's unbelievable. That's, that's one of the things they're doing. There's another campaign they're doing right now. Uh, corporal punishment is still a big mm -hmm. issue in the Bible belt part of the United States. Yes, you're hearing that correct. There are still schools that spank kids and the satanic temple has undertaken, uh, a campaign to put an end to it. Yeah. So, so those are some of the things that I am super excited about, about the satanic temple. Um, and, and as far as, uh, why we became, uh, official members and we buy stuff off of the store, uh, to try and donate money to these causes. Uh, and anybody can get on the satanic temple, uh, website and, and buy things off of there. And those, uh, you know, those go to supporting these great causes that the satanic temple does. I just wanted to to get those things out there and kind of, I'll toss it to you, Nevin, about uh, some of those campaigns, but uh, just stuff that I'm super excited about, about being an official member of the Satanic Temple. Yes, yes. Um, and those are really, really excellent campaigns. Um, you know, uh, the Protect Children the Protect Children campaign, which, you know, addresses, you know, corporal punishments in school. That happens to be one of my personal favorites. Um, to my knowledge, though, I don't believe we've had a test case yet. Um, so, but, you know, just the whole, you know, just hold the phone. I'm sure eventually it's going to happen because, you know, schools have, a, seem to have a problem, schools and churches both seem to have a problem with keeping their hands off of children. Um, Absolutely. In more ways than one. And then of course, you know, then there's the, you know, re religious reproductive rights. And, um, I just, you know, when they introduced that campaign, um, you know, a few people had some criticisms about it. I mean, and I, but I, I thought I, I'm pretty sure I understand the motivation behind it. It's like they, because these restrictive abortion laws are not based in fact, they are not based in science. They are based in religious belief. 
um, that is, you know, these these politicians, these lawmakers who pass these restrict these abortion restrictive, they are coming from a place of um, of religious belief, right? And so, no matter you can argue until you're blue in the face that um, you know the science does not support that life begins at conception, that a um, a fetus is not a baby. Um, you can do that all day. It's gone through the court system up to the Supreme Court and so on. And the, it's it's almost a moot point at this at this stage. And so to fight, um, we had to kind of get down on this, the satanic temple. I kind of had to get down on their level. It's like, okay, if you have these laws that are religiously based, it's part of our religion to have autonomy over our body. What I wanted to say really in response to that is just, I feel like since life begins at conception hasn't been proven by science or disproven by science either way, because really when does life begin? That's more of a that's more of a perception. That's more of a uh, an individual's opinion. Um, something like that. I feel like you can definitely have. I don't like that they're coming out. You know, Christ says this or Christ says that. But if somebody were to come at me and say, you know, I believe that life begins at conception. Uh, because that's my opinion. I don't have really anything other than my own morality and my own feelings to support that. I feel like that would be a valid argument to me. Um, how would you approach that? Well, again, it's it's um, well, again, if somebody comes to me and says, "Listen, I believe that life begins um, when the egg is for, first fertilized at conception." And, you know, my response would be, okay, and? And it's like, I do not believe in having an abortion. I believe abortion is murder. And my response would be, is like, okay, very good. Then don't have one. Right. But you do not have the right to tell other people that they cannot have one. And this is the problem that, you know, we, we see with uh, religiously based laws, not just abortion, um, that... You know, it's one thing if you want to practice your religion and if your religion restricts you from drinking, having abortion or whatever, that is fine for you. But you do not have the right to uh, inflict your law and your beliefs on others who do not share them. I never really thought about this until the great George Carlin pointed out that. Don't say you're pro-life, say you're pro-fetus. Because right. Republicans and conservatives and the religious right are really, you know, pro-life until the baby's born and then the baby or the child is on its own until it reaches military age. And then they're all about <laughs> supporting yeah. that person again. Right. But yeah, and it's then like, once they get out, they're like, fuck you. Right. Yeah, because so, yeah, another thing Republicans love to do is they cut like social secure up uh, social net programs. Yeah. You know, they, right. yeah. they want you to have like the baby. issue. Yeah, I feel like that's they, a bigger issue that, that we have versus Republicans is they're just better at branding things. Like, you know, pro-life. Everybody wants to be pro-life. Who's, who's pro-death, right? <laughs> no one's pro-death. Yeah. You right. know, uh, but true. we say pro-choice, and it's like, okay, yeah, okay, not a big deal. Same with defund the police. No, Okay, cool. So everybody who says defund the police, the first thing you can think of is, so we're just going to, you know, not have police forces, period, dot. And that's 100% not what it meant, but that's the instant logical big headline conclusion that the scare you know, like tactic. most Republicans just see. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, new, I mean, 
since the advent of the internet, nuance has died. Sure. <laughs> it's very difficult sure. to have these conversations. So something I, I've always been curious about is there are just like there are different sects of religions and, and branches mm-hmm. off of, you know, Christianity mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. It seems like there are a variety of different ways you can be atheist as well. And right. so would you say that Satanists are strictly rationalist or do you or just kind of speaking by and large, are, is there any belief in the spiritual or mysticism or paranormal? <laughs> that's a little bit more. That's a little more difficult to answer. Um, again, most modern Satanists, and, I, and I'm including the Church of Satan in with this, but most modern Satanists tend to be atheistic. So a, a, a rejection of any sort of belief in the supernatural or spiritual. Um, that is not to say that, well, as I said, and again, you kind of get into kind of tricky definitions. It's like, what do you consider spiritual? Um, Christopher Hitchens had a concept that he called the numinous and it's that sense of awe of, you know, like you look up into the sky and you see, you know, pinpoints of thousands and thousands of visible white stars, you know, and that fills you with this sense of awe and wonder. And he called that the numinous. But, you know, Christopher Hitchens, of course, was an ardent atheist. Um, so I think it beca- it really does come down to the individual Satanists themselves. Now, right. I, I've met some Satanists who are just hardline atheists, rationalists, have no room in their life for any sort of um, ritual. You know, ritual, right. Okay. And then that, I, that, that would be me, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm I was going to say that was you. Yeah, that's me, yeah. <laughs> right. and, then, and then you do find um, other Satanists who do have more room and like, you know, who are all about the ritual because – um, rituals, you know, still, there's nothing about doing a ritual that implies that you have to have a belief in the supernatural or the spiritual world. Um, there are lots of rituals that everybody does every single day. If you go to somebody's wedding, that, that is a ritual. A funeral is a ritual. Um, even, the, you know, the way you get ready for work in the morning can be considered a ritual um ritual I brush my teeth while sitting on the toilet every morning <laughs> there, you go. there you go um but also you know ritual does have a, a place for and um just psychodrama you know it's it's kind of catharsis um you know sometimes it's like it's kind of like group therapy <laughs> you know you you sit around and you talk about your problems and you maybe do a do a ritual um it's not to say that we believe that magic is happening you so, know it's, yeah. it's more you know, yeah that's it, a great it, point um uh, how, how ritual build that sense of community yes and builds a sense of community because you're all doing one thing together and, you know? and i and i wanted to kind of segue right there uh into uh, i think that's a, a big problem that a lot of believers that finally wake up and become atheists have is uh, they miss it. I obviously don't hearing my story. Everybody turns their back on me, but a lot of people, when they make that transition, uh, feel like they're losing out on that sense of community that they built up. And, and I kind of wanted to touch on that uh, with you as well, Nevin, because uh, my fiance and I follow the Facebook group um, 
for the satanic temple here. Uh, and we see the, you know, the different events that you guys do uh, and the get togethers and the volunteering opportunities that you guys do. So, so there is that aspect within the satanic temple as well, correct? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, we, we believe in, as I said, if we have a belief, you know, we believe in building our community and, you know, we, yes, we are Satanists, but we are also citizens. Um, we have neighbors and we wish to be pro-social. And so we do um, acts of charity and we do other acts of empathy and benevolence. Um, so, you know, for example, the Kansas City Legion is in the middle of doing a product drive for Hope House. Um, you know, oh, that's sing- that's awesome for anybody that's not from around here. If you wouldn't mind telling them what Hope House is, um, Hope House is um, a resource for uh, people experiencing uh, domestic abuse, um, fleeing domestic uh, abuse situations. Um, you know, and they need that leg up. Um, so Hope House can provide resources and shelter. And we are doing a product drive, um, you know, because they have a list of things that, you know, that they, that's always in need, that they always need. You know, they need laundry detergent. You know, they need uh, children's pajamas and so on. Um, our St. Louis Legion did a food drive a couple of months back. Um, it was very clever. They called it Belly of the Beast. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and you know, they they, they uh, measured it by how many I guess pounds of food uh, that they that's how it was measured, and they collected you know several hundred pounds of food. Um, that's awesome. You know, and the Ozarks Legion, you know, they they have product. I mean, we all do things like that. We also you know do volunteerism out in the community. Um, we will. You know, right now, Kansas City has put in, um, we want to adopt a street in Kansas City. Uh, the Springfield Ozarks area also does that. Um, so, yeah, any, anything pro-social. I mean, we're very interested in our communities. Uh, Favorite one, Nevin, is the menstruating with Satan? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you explain that one to us, please? Yes. Now, now, you know, here in Missouri, we have not done an official Menstruating with Satan product drive, but Menstruating with Satan, um, a lot of the different chapters throughout the country, they they do these drives where they collect uh, menstrual products. And um, because, again, like places like homeless shelters, uh, Hope House and other resources that also serve communities, it's like that is a very overlooked item. Yeah, absolutely. you know, is mutual products, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. I've, I've often wondered how homeless women go about that time of their lives. Yeah. With much I've literally never thought of that, dude. Wow. Yeah. I, well, as a guy, you know, it's not a really problem we have very often. Yeah. But, uh, and the answer to that is with much difficulty. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I've got I've got two girls at home and a wife and two female dogs. And a male dog. So it's just me and Panda <laughs> against the world. And uh, I'm pretty familiar with that part of your life. It's kind mm-hmm. of part of my life now, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Something. Um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. I, I was just going to also say um, I'm trying to, it's like, trying to cram in all of the, the things that we've done. Um, no, and the great. Ozark Legion and the Kansas City Legion, we've also done homeless bags, homeless hygiene bags. Um, over the winter, Casey 
did a home um, a, a warmth bag that had you know wool socks hats and whatnot and then um springfield ozarks they also do um the homeless hygiene bags um, and they just, you know, whatever season of the year that they do, they adjust the bag's contents. So, you know, there's a different bag for summer and a different bag for winter. That's awesome. Um, yep. So something I, w- I w- was really eager to ask is, I mean, from everything that I know up until this point and along with what you've just described, the fu- function of the Satanic Temple is, you guys just seem like, you know, just a so- like a great social club that is involved in the community and, and does a lot to to serve those in need it's kind of like you're uh you know the elks lodge or the rotary but just without any kind of religious belief it's like atheists still want to have a group that is still has community involvement and people can be included in that sort of thing but so i wonder though because i understand when like when i asked at the beginning of the conversation what satan represents or as a as a symbol for your guys's organization i wonder sometimes like most people aren't going to do that legwork to be like, well, you know, the satanic temple is, are they like, like drinking the blood of babies or what are they, you know, they just are going to automatically assume the negative, the, you know, that right. it's bad. And just like, there's, you there's so you, you eat, you eat the baby whole. You don't just drink. I mean, I prefer, I prefer the al dente, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Jesus was so crunchy? <laughs> so, um, like even this last week, the Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It came out, and that—that's all about the main villain is is a Satanist, and this is somebody who's like tr- conjuring demons and putting them into people and trying to, you know, have these people harm each other. And even with uh, on American Horror Story, uh, the season Apocalypse, Anton Lavey was a character, and Anton Lavey, as I understood is is like what you or what you're describing your your organization is where he was an atheist who mm-hmm. just used the devil as a symbol but in in American horror story he was very much not that like he was he was right. he he was worshiping a literal satan and saw it as a deity and was trying to bring him back into the world and and so I wonder if that that um image of of the devil or satan causes you guys bad press and if well well i mean you have heard of the satanic panic yeah yeah of course absolutely well i mean you know if you we can go all the way back to you know medieval europe um you know even before um all the way up to modern times um there has always been that fear of the devil um and fear of witches and mm-hmm. um you know as was said it, in the 80s and 90s this 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 fear of an actual hey uh nevin you're coming in a little muffled again you know people were losing their minds you know because they they thought you know there's you know these people did believe in satan as an entity and they thought that there were devil worshipers everywhere who were you know harming children molesting children um and it was a moral panic um there was no truth to any of it so um it, it sounds a lot like the current day QAnon movement i yes, was just gonna it, say that's going on currently it's well, here's the thing. In my opinion, the satanic panic never ended. It just changes. It just changes form every decade. And, it, and well, it's... Let's, 
look at that rationally, I mean, 70-ish percent of this nation identifies as Christian. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the, the big bad guy, some can argue, in, in the whole Christian story, as told by Christians, is Satan. So when you make a temple dedicated to their evil god, to their evil deity, to their god of destruction and death, and yeah, 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 um, and you label it the church of Satan, the church of that deity, that's an expected outcome, I would imagine. So you're, are you saying, Ricky, that you think it's by design? Like I don't the... think it's by design, but I thought, but I think it was inevitable. I think mm-hmm. if you made a made a temple and called it anything, called it anything but the Church of Satan. Say, uh, say you you knew this really cool rebel named Ryan, and you called it the Church of Ryan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to get that lashback from Christians. You don't see Christians going after the Church of the Dude, or uh, you know any other like like, like Pastafarianism, right? Um, but they're essentially the same, the same thing, the same kind of, we know this thing isn't real, but we identify with it for these reasons. Um, so in choosing Satan as your figurehead, you have inevitably brought along this, 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 uh, backlash from Christians. Um, I think also it was a genius marketing strategy because everybody knows who Satan is, who Satan is, you know? So when you're at the church of Satan, you're going to instantly get your name out there because of that controversy. Exactly. Uh, so that was a good I, decision. I kind of want to jump in here and just kind of explain my personal experience uh, to that end. And, and that is that being indoctrinated in religion for 35 years of my life and, and coming out on this side of it, yes, trauma was done to me in the name of religion. And anybody that escapes it and can see what religion's influence on their life was, like, like you can see that we talked about my mom and my dad and how they were Catholic and they believed the exact same things about divorce. And my dad was abusive and beat us like, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I am traumatized by what religion did to me. And so when I be- became an atheist, you, you automatically become militant, right? You want to rebel against this religion right. that you felt wronged you for so long. It's like you're making up uh, for lost time to, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you kind of start to lose that as reason and logic set in, right? Because you're, you're not playing into that emotion anymore. Like that's what Christianity is. It's built off emotion, right? You have to believe and feel something that you don't see. So, so you, you still have that emotional side and you go against it, but you want to get their attention and, and you want to say, Hey, guess what? This, you hurt me. And I want to show you like, this is how I identify now. And to me, there's no better character than Satan, because right out right in the the beginning of the Christian's very own book, God is a liar and Satan tells him the truth. Right. He says, surely you will not die if you eat this apple and they eat the apple and they don't die. God said they would die and they don't. So who's the good guy? Right. Right off the jump to me is Satan saying, hey, this guy's got you in this garden and he's not telling you everything. Eat this apple and you'll find out like so. So so right from the jump to me. To me, Satan is the perfect figurehead for somebody that wants to move on from that and, and kind of use reason and logic to, to fight back against that. Because it is very uh, you know, upsetting to me to hear about the Ten Commandments being put on um, the Oklahoma State Capitol grounds at the courthouse. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, because of the simple right. fact that we have people in this country that are Muslims. We have people in this country that are Buddhists. We have people – with all these different cultural, mm-hmm. you know, beliefs or no beliefs supposed to have separation of church and state, but yet we're doing this and flaunting this 
and calling ourselves multicultural. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. It's, no, it doesn't. Yeah, the National Guard, when I was doing some event planning, um, I was in charge of a lot of that. And a lot. Of, I don't know if, it, if you're familiar with a lot of military events, Nevin, but there's almost always a prayer right in front. Yeah. Right. And I tried to get. Uh, we had a Muslim person. I tried to get them to be able to do a prayer. We have a Jewish person. Um, and I tried to get her to be able to do the prayer. And each time I was shut down by my commander because it's at their discretion. You know, it's the military. Jeez. And the commander was like, no, we're going to do uh, we're gonna do a Christian prayer. No, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. But at the same time, you know, my argument for this whole thing is that you've got to understand that 70% of this country is going to see this, see it as, you know, we're worshiping, these guys are worshiping a, a figurehead of evil. So that's bad. So from what I what I'm hearing then is like the portrayal of Satan in the Bible, there's not very much evidence for him being evil in any ways, but he's just been made out to be this way. Exactly. Sure, I'm and arguing I'm like, the emotional response. Yeah, exactly. And so um another you know, and I was exploring this concept, you know, when I was involved with the the new atheist movement. But you know, when you think about the Bible, who killed more people, God or Satan? <laughs> the, the body – I just saw a meme on this. It's really this funny. Thing, the body count alone. Um, you know, and so, so you, people like to point to the parable of Job and say, well, well, you know, Satan killed, you know, his wife and all of his children and his cattle. And that's like um, God granted him permission to do that. <laughs> so, again, you know, who has the, the, the bigger body count? Um but, you know, yeah, who's the bigger evil person, the person who does evil or the person who says, yeah, go ahead, evil, you're fine. Right, what do you right. want to do? Right. And, and so when you uh, – at least let's talk about the Christian Bible. So when you, you kind of step back and you look and you're like, so what's – so what is Satan's big sin? And Satan's sin is that he, you know, went against God. Period. That's, <laughs> you know, and from there, you know, all manner of um, evil and ill will and um, disaster and calamity that's ever occurred in human history has been attributed to Satan. But when you actually read the Christian's holy text, he's <laughs> he's not the bad guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really isn't. Yeah, and let's, is. let's be clear also, you know, if, if you being evil, if the only thing that constitutes you being evil is you having your own independent will and thoughts, it's a pretty good example of gaslighting. It, yes, very, it, very much so. Um, like, God is the ultimate abusive partner. Yeah, yeah. It, ultimate abuse. It's like I'm going to, you know, kill every, you know. Of course, it didn't happen, but you know, the parable in the Bible of the the great flood. I am going to kill every living thing on this planet. Look at what you made me do. You know, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's just ridiculous. But you had said something earlier, and I I did want to address it. Um, it's like, did is there a conscious choice when we? you know, identify as Satanist and, you know, do, you know, we, cause we know the reaction we're going to get. Well, that's true. Um, you know, we, we willingly take on the mantle of the adversary of, um, the rebel, you know, we, we do understand that this, you know, that our name alone is going to elicit a, you know, a visceral response in people. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's, 
and something else just because we both lived i was telling them last week this is still you know this is like the tail end of the bible belt uh here mm-hmm. in kansas city um you know i've worn uh my fiance bought her and i hail satan shirts off of the satanic temple website and i remember wearing it to the gym the first time and <laughs> just like working out and like people were giving me dirty looks like it was like, like no Ooh. joke like people were giving me dirty looks and it's just like this is a it's a reality but like if anybody wants to come talk to me about it or understand that like they would they would understand i don't actually believe in satan like he's my favorite fictional character you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, that, that that bothers me so much because like if you were wearing a Motley Crue shirt and it's got the satanic star on it, you know, with a little upside down pentagram with a circle around it and all that shit, uh, you get people coming to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, I love Motley Crue. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's the same thing. It's the same damn thing. Right. Yeah. Well, but, you know, to be fair, when Motley Crue was popular in the early '80s and they had shout at the devil come out and it had that upside down pentagram parents freaked the hell out (laughs) yeah Yeah, and it's kind of funny like how over i mean in the 50s in the 60s elvis and the beatles were associated with being satanic and and evil and so it's kind of funny like how over time that changes you know in the context my favorite thing about the beatles is during i was i was listening to an interview because i love the beatles and uh one of the interviewers said now what do you want to say to all the fans out there that say that your long haircut is very un-American. And fucking uh, John goes, well, that's very smart of them. We're actually not American. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very astute astute observation. Also, I wanted to just say, too, when you become a part of the Satanic Temple, you don't like um, you don't become a part of the Illuminati. OK, you don't get a sports car. Well, that's what somebody would say that's trying to cover up. I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the, lots mm-hmm. of people think it's the Illuminati thing. Like it, it, that's well, a whole. So that's thing. that's something else I'm curious about. Is I'm sure that there are organizations and and churches and temples out there that do worship Satan as a deity and and believe in him as a you know that's their actual god. Uh, is, do you guys ever have any conflict with with these kind of people? Besides the fact that people are going to, you know, confuse the two and assume that you are also doing that. Well, that just you know, people do tend to confuse the two. But really, there's really no reason for um, those two groups to overlap. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, whether besides you sharing the same people- name and. Right. You know, whether you call them theistic Satanists or devil worshipers, um, yeah, they, we don't have anything at all to do with each other. Um, you know, it's just, it's just too incompatible, you know? Yeah. You know, in, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. At some point in there, I do want to clarify something, you know, because we've been, we, we have been talking a lot about, you know, the Christian religion and other Abrahamic religions and religion in general. I did want to clarify that um, the Satanic Temple is, in fact, a non-theistic religion. Um, the The Satanic Temple was recognized at a federal level as a religion back in 2019, um, but you know, specifically non-theistic. Okay. And that always brings up interesting conversations because people have a hard time wrapping their mind around the concept. It's like, well, how, how can you be a religion if you don't worship a God? And so then that 
you know, opens up a, a, a well-needed discussion. It's like, well, what do you consider to, you know, be a religion? And a lot of people says, well, you know, and what we had touched on earlier, well, there's, there's a community. You have a sense of community. It's like, we can have that without having to believe in God. Well, you do good works. It's like, again, we do that without having to believe in God. Um, something so, that's, sorry, go ahead. It's Chris. the whole, the whole worship thing is what, that's the key word. You're like, you're not, there's no worshiping anything. I mean, it's just rationale and, and science. Uh, mm-hmm. I bought my fiance a necklace off there that says thine self is thy master. And like, mm-hmm. that's what you believe. And that's, so it's not worshiping or giving any credit to any great God or belief in any great beyond um, as right. far as that goes. And, you know, and then, but, you know, and people do still tend to have problems with that. It's like, well, what do you believe in? And, you know, we have our seven tenets that um, we mm-hmm. accept as, you know, these are, these seven tenets are good tenets to live by. And, you know, we all share a belief in, you know, the that these are worthy, you know, to use as guiding principles. So, yeah, I mean, we have everything that you would consider to be, you know, part and parcel of a religious, you know, of a religion. We I- just don't believe in God. You know, I was going to go ahead and read those seven tenets too. Yeah, if go that's for it, okay. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that real quick. I wanted to read those two for the uh, so we have that. Yeah, please do. Uh, the sep- the seven tenets are the first tenet is one should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Number two, the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. I feel like this is a big one right now in our country with what's going on. Um, number three, one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. Number four, the freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Number five, beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Number six, people are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. And number seven, every tenet is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. And those are the seven tenets. Yeah, and I, uh, when I posted on social media today that we were going to be talking to you, I prompted people to send their questions and comments. And uh, one of our listeners, Christine, asked, do satanic religions have a set of morals or behavioral guidelines like other religions do? And I think that that would kind of answer her question, wouldn't it, as far as what the seven tenets kind of accomplishing that? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Uh, yeah. Yeah, especially, um, you know, it gets overlooked a lot, maybe because it's the last one. But, you know, um, Tenet 7 is very important, um, to me at least. It's about every tenet. So 1 through 6 is a guiding principle to design, you know, designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it. it's not so much like the, you know, what you would think of, 
like, you know, what the Christian religions is like, like you cannot, you know, you have to wear, you know, dresses down to your ankles. You cannot, you know, the sexes cannot mix in public, you know, women on one side, men on the other. So no, it's no prescriptive behavioral programming. You know, is, it's more of these, these guiding principles. Are the, the and, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just said it's so there, it's more, you know, cause you know, compare these to the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the the Ten Commandments are very prescriptive. It, it's it's, you know, you shall not, and um, you know, w- with that threat of some sort of divine punishment, you know, hanging over your head. Um, the the seven tenets are more, as like I said, guiding principles. Absolutely. It's like you know, you should you know, strive to act with compassion and empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, without saying you have to X, Y, and Z. Well, and again, another reason that I've said many times that that I have a, a really big... Wait, I'm sorry. What's going on? Everybody trying to talk at once? Um, yeah. oh, I've already forgot what I was going to say. Oh. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, that that's a, I, I have a really big problem with people taking the Bible so literally and not taking it with a grain of salt because the Ten Commandments are such a great example of that, of... Somebody with a with a massive and very fragile ego would have had to have come up with the, those rules. <laughs> yes, and that's what I the the God of the Bible. I always say to people is like this individual, this entity is somebody who just is very has a massive ego and needs a lot of validation. A huge narcissist. Yeah, and and constantly needs praise and like and and admiration. And I just like I I don't know. What about the uh, the eleven satanic rules of the earth? Is that something pretty universal? Satanic well, temple. Well, that's that's Church of Satan. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, th- so the, these are yeah, the, actual people, mm-hmm. the 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 folks that actually worship Satan. This is that's their commandments, basically. Well, it's the Church of Satan. The, those those rules of the earth. The satanic yeah. Rules of the earth. Yeah, that's that's Church of Satan. Okay, so you got you all. <laughs> All right. The sausage testing. All right. So I want to switch back to that last one just real fast. Um, when you give somebody um, a guideline, something that you should do, you're kind of outlining their future, right? You're, you're giving them a set of guidelines. You're giving them a code of behavior. And when you say you shan't do something, you can't do this, you can't do that, all you're doing is giving them the ability to think around those corners and say, yeah, sure, I can't murder people, but, like, you guys didn't say anything about rape. Is that cool? Yeah, it's rationalization. It's not the Ten Commandments, so it must be all right. right. Yeah. Well, and so, I mean, look at slavery. Like, look how long slavery was justified by uh, the Abrahamic religion. And it's just, um, it's crazy. And and one of the main tenets of the Satanic Temple is justice. And I feel like, especially with everything that's going on right now uh, in this country, like justice is something that uh, everybody can kind of grasp onto and understand. And, you know, you touched upon the Satanic Temple getting together locally and doing things on that level, kind of like, as you called it, the Rotary Club or something like that. But I think the the big thing for me, the reason that I wanted to become a part of it is because of the national presence that they have in challenging different states in going after uh, different things and challenging things all the way up to the Supreme Court. Uh, in the name of justice and compassion for all people, religion likes to exclude a lot of people. And the satanic temple is not 
um, exclusive, it's all inclusive, right? So everybody is uh, included and, and nobody should have any right over somebody else. And I kind of feel like that's the main purpose of the satanic temple is to challenge these Christians when they're, they're saying, no, I'm not going to sell you a cake because you're gay. That's unacceptable. And there's laws that protect that. So there needs to be a group of rational people on some level that challenge that and, and go after those entities. Yeah, well said, Chris. I've got an off-the-wall question that I just thought of when Chris was talking. Are you ready, Nevin? Yes. Let's say you had a person who was a Christian but wanted to join the Satanic Temple just because, I don't know, they liked the, they liked the, uh, the service aspect of it, they liked the ideals of it. Um, would that be an instant no? Well, <laughs> that's let yeah that's that's an interesting one um there well and it was brought out in the um in the documentary hail satan um the rally down in um the or you know the the okay so satanic temple had a rally down in arkansas with the baphomet statue and there were um there were christians who spoke at that event and you know there are christians who who uh like what we do um and you know i would more, I would consider them more allies um, because, you know, when you, you know, like at least here in Missouri, you know, when we interview um, somebody who wants to join the the Missouri chapter, one of the questions we ask them is, you know, do you consider yourself a Satanist? Do, what does Satanism mean to you? So, I mean, I would, well, if a Christian says, I want to, you know, I want to join the Satanic Temple, you know, my eyebrows would raise a little bit, but I would say, well, you know, there's nothing stopping you. You can go to, you know, the, the organization's website and you can, you know, sign up, you know. Absolutely. And I think we should clarify too. So my fiance and I, we went and signed up on the website. So we're official members uh, but mm -hmm. if you want to join a local chapter, right. that's a, a whole nother process, just exactly. to clarify on that. Right. And, you know, and yeah, in each chapter, you know, they're, they're going to be a little bit different because, you know, we, you know, we're in different areas of the country. So, you know, the way Missouri conducts things is probably very different than the chapter is out in California. You know, it's just, you know, the community has different needs. But yeah, cool. yeah. I was just curious because uh, I know some well, I, who are Christian and, that have very, very shared ideals that you're mm -hmm. talking about and that you're espousing. So, you know. Well, yeah. and I, I do want to touch on something real quick. Um, if you, the whole reason the Satanic Temple is uh, protecting is making abortion rights part of the their religion. Um, is because of the fact that if you live in Texas with the new restrictive abortion laws, and it doesn't matter what religion you are, let's say you're a Christian and you sign up for the Satanic Temple and you say that you're a part of the Satanic Temple, they will protect your right to get an abortion. Yes. Yes. So just guys. to clarify, anybody is welcome to join the Satanic Temple. And, and it, yeah. for whatever reason, they, they may want to join it, but you can join the Satanic Temple and be protected, have yeah. your abortion rights protected. Sure. Yeah, it's right. a, a, just as a means to reinforce your rights. Yes. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. And, and again, that's, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's the Satanic Temple fighting for everybody's rights. And, and I think to me, that's the whole point is they're not out here saying we want to protect this group of people. They're out here saying this is a group of people whose voices are not being heard. And we're, we're going to challenge you on this. Or we see something that is 
completely unacceptable. We're going to challenge you on this, whether it be the corporal punishment campaign, the, the abortion campaign, we're going to challenge and push back in these areas where people are saying, well, we should have it this way because of our religion. And that's the biggest thing is we're, stop hiding behind religion to make your laws. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. One of the last questions I wanted to ask, and it, it might be a big one, is when you stop and think about the Bible be, being a, a religious text that has been written by men w- with who are severely flawed and with agendas, but out of saying that it's through divine inspiration— I when when you stop and think about that long enough and you apply some critical thinking, it really makes you think like, you know, how much of this am I supposed to take seriously or how much is just allegory or how much is fueled by agenda, how much has been manipulated and changed? So I wonder, it, it, would it be fair to say possibly that your criticisms are less about the spiritual leaders like Jesus or Muhammad or Buddha and maybe more about mankind who has distorted their messages by taking it so far out of context and used for sinister purposes? And that would be fair. But, you know, of course, I would argue that, um, you know, humankind created all of it, you know, from, you know, from Buddhism down to Christianity, this, you know, this didn't come from a God. This came from humans, humans, you know, as I said, humans created God, not the other way around. And, and and if you like, let's be honest, like if you're sitting here saying that you're talking to a God or a God is talking to you or uh, you're possessed by a demon, like possessed by a demon, like we know now, like there are mental health issues and we can give you medications to take care of that or we can, you know, do things to to fix that. Like it's just a collection of stories that don't make sense right. to us anymore because we understand the world differently. Well, yeah, and something else that has just been kind of an eye-opening experience lately, just being around the same people for so long, is there's one person that I've worked with for years, and uh, I've I've brought him up a couple times just because he's an interesting case study for many reasons, but about a year and a half ago, he went from being, like, all about sexual exploits and conquests to then all of a sudden being born again, and the way that he describes his 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 passion for his you know newfound religion is it's always rooted in shame fear and paranoia and i asked him one time i'm like are you worshiping god because you love god or because you're afraid of going to hell because it, i just can't help but think like he he's just somebody who's so primed to to be so guilt-ridden that he's going mm-hmm. to allow that shame and that that guilt right. to to seep into his life enough that the Catholic Church she's, sees him coming a mile away and they're like ching, you know, like yeah. this is somebody yeah. who feels like he can buy his way out of out of past mistakes by you know tithing well, it's, or it's go ahead. It's the same thing as doing something. You're so a Christian will tell you that they're loving everybody and living this good life, but they're doing it because they're afraid of going to hell, right? Yeah, exactly. Take hell away. And how many Christians are there? I mean, if you take away the punishment aspect of it, like how many people would follow these religions if they didn't believe that there was this horrible afterlife awaiting them? And that's just such a horrible 
way to take advantage of people. It's sure. a horrible way to keep people in line. It's a horrible way to scare people into giving you money. Like, well, you had told it's me, a Chris, horrible, you're you're living your life out of a place of fear. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of a place of inspiration, of compassion, right. understanding, compassion. Christian compassion is forced, right? It's forced because they're afraid of a punishment. Compassion from an atheist is they're loving you because they're empathetic, right? All, all you need is empathy. You don't need religion. You need, just need empathy to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing too, is like, if you need a, a guidebook on how to live a good life and to be a good person, that, that I think speaks more about you than, than anything else. Like the, yeah, all that means is you're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, actually that's pretty true. Well, Chris, you gave a, a, you told me about a year ago and if you don't feel comfortable telling the story that I, I understand, but about a, an occasion where you were, uh, you were hospitalized, I think, and there was a older gentleman along with you. Who? Yes. Would you mind telling that story? No. Yeah, I'll t- I'll tell it. So I was um, that that did happen a couple of years ago. I actually ended up um, in a psych ward at the VA. So, um, and now I'm on a podcast. I'm just joking. Um, you're anyway. you're in good company, my friend. <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm in, I'm on this psych ward and my, my roommate, uh, is like this, I think he was 95 or 96. He was really old, really, um, really fragile looking like paper thin skin. And he would lay there in bed and he would just mumble stuff. And every once in a while you'd get like really loud and he's just like rocking back and forth. Cause he's hearing voices in his head. That's why he's on the psych ward. Um, and, and he's rocking back and forth and and screaming out for like God every once in a while. And it's, you know, it's really, you know, it's kind of creepy. Like I'm, I'm not really super stoked to be there in the first place. And now I've got this roommate doing that. And I remember, uh, this priest comes to our room, this Catholic priest and, um, I'm in the room and he comes to talk to this guy because this guy had requested a Catholic priest. Uh, and he sits up and, and he's talking to this guy and I, it's not like I'm going to tune it out. I'm obviously going to listen. It's in the same room. And, uh, he tells him this story and he's like, uh, you know, he's like, I can't go to church anymore just because of my, con- my condition. I can't get out on, you know, whatever his reason. I mean, he looked frail. I don't, I don't understand how he would get anywhere, but he wasn't able to go to church. And so he had made it to a confession after not being to church for a couple months, uh, with his, his priest there at the church, uh, at his local Catholic church. And he'd asked him, you know, he was praying and he said, you know, I can't make it to church all the time. Uh, and he felt really bad about it. And, and the priest told him that he was going to go to hell if he didn't make it to church on Sundays. And, and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, this guy has a mental health issue, right? He's hearing voices in his head and, and, and he's screaming out to God every once in a while. So he's already having a psychotic episode, right? And, and then this fear plays into it. And it was just so disgusting to see a 95 year old guy so afraid, you, you know, he's getting close to death. So it's just that fear, right? That, that he's going to go to hell because he's 95 and he can't make it to church on Sundays. Now, thank God. I, see, there you go. That's part of me giving up my compassion. I, yeah. Thank goodness this priest was like, that's not true, you know, and like calms him down. Like, like, thank you for doing your job and comforting somebody, you know, to that extent. But that's the kind of damage that religion does, man. And that's the kind of damage that 
walking through your life afraid of going to this forever torment it's it's just unacceptable i agree <laughs> yeah go i ahead. got a softball go for it so what what uh what kind of music are you listening to Evan? what kind of music yeah. <laughs> um well all well i know it sounds cliche um you know many different genres uh you know in on my phone i have anything from classical music to uh swing and uh yeah swing big you band know. um i've got some metal um i've oh, got so you do some... listen exclusively to slayer is what i'm hearing <laughs> that's it yeah, yeah. yeah. okay awesome yeah. Sure. Okay, we'll that was the thrust of my question no i'm, I'm just of, messing around lots of acdc I, you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen to some year of the goat a lot of ghost ghost well, of ghost. yeah of course ghost that's awesome yeah everybody listens to ghost uh, and and if you don't you should start like immediately yeah chris sure. you got anything else man um, I don't. I'm glad that we get to talk about this. Nevin, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. I really just wanted to have somebody from the Satanic Temple locally uh, that's with the organization to kind of talk about kind of what you guys do in the community. And 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 I thought it was awesome, all of the stuff uh, that you were able to talk about that you guys do locally. My fiance and I are excited about uh, getting involved with Kansas City chapter here. Um, but I really appreciate your time, Nevin. Hey, Nevin. Oh, uh, absolutely. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, please, and, you know, uh, please let never... us. Oh, I just wanted to say, uh, just let us know where we can, where uh, where folks can can look you guys up online or or wherever if they would like to participate. Uh, sure, sure. Um, we have well, we've reorganized the way uh, our social media, and so now we are down to one, um, for at least for Missouri, one main Facebook group. So it's the Satanic Temple of Missouri Forum. Okay. Right. So right, and then that there's some pinned posts about if you're seeking membership, you know, what to do and where to go. So yes, check us out, and you know, and please, if you're around the Casey area or one of the other Legion areas, and there's uh, and that Legion is doing a public event, you know, feel free, drop by, introduce yourself, hang out, and uh, get to know us. Right. All right. That's been fascinating. Thank you very much, Nevin. And, and I'm not, a, obviously I'm not speaking for the satanic temple, but I would just encourage everybody to go out, check out their website, look at the seven tenants. I would encourage everybody to become a member and spend some money in that store because unlike going to church and putting your money in the tithing basket, this money is actually going to good causes. So if you go out and buy stuff off their site, it's going to, you know, help uh, defend people's rights and pre prevent uh, oppression in this country yeah good point chris all right thank you very much have a great weekend uh, you too all right thank hey, you too man. thanks hail satan hail satan <laughs> I, I worked with a guy who's who, his wife grew up a Mormon and her brothers were still like really big Mormons. And they were like telling me, like he was telling me like crap, like um, the guys believe that um, the only way that women get into heaven is if their husband calls them. Oh shit. No, it's crazy. Like, dude. I'm on the phone. Yeah. No, no, like once they get up there, they're just like, okay, I'll allow her. Like, <laughs> I'll allow my wife. No, I'm not even joking. dude. Like, it gets I've got a girlfriend like, up here now. I can't have her up here.